The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Quantum Business Insights, emerging perspectives on people, process, and profits. Your host is Olivia Parr-Rood. In today's fast-paced, high-tech global economy, the business landscape is constantly evolving. To be successful, companies must continually adapt as well as identify and exploit new opportunities. Now, here is the host of Quantum Business Insights, Olivia Parr-Rood. Hi, Olivia here, and welcome to Quantum Business Insights, where each week we explore new perspectives on the changing nature of business with thought leaders from around the world, and with a special emphasis on what I feel is our most valuable asset, our human capital. Today, I'm thrilled to have as my guest, Alison Conte, and we'll be discussing feminine leadership, a topic very near and dear to my heart. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Allison. She is a leadership advisor, management consultant, and a master executive coach. She supports leaders who are committed to business as a force for good in the world and who are ready to grow to the next level of leadership and organizational maturity. Allison is an expert at applying integral theory, polarity thinking, and developmental psychology to leadership and organizational development. Her education includes a Master's of Science in Positive Organizational Development and Change from the Weatherhead School of Management at Case Western Reserve University. Allison, welcome to Quantum Business Insights. Thank you, Olivia. It's really great to be here with you. Thank you. So as a woman and a mother, the concept of feminine leadership is very interesting to me. When I worked as a manager, I felt like I had a softer style, uh, but it was every bit as effective. And in my corporate consulting work, I've seen huge shifts towards more women in high positions. And I think this has a a positive effect. So how do you define feminine leadership and why do you think it is on the rise? Mm -hmm. Um. Well, I want to give you a little bit of context first um, in terms of what I'm seeing in society and in the world as a shift. So it seems like we're experiencing a bit of a paradigm shift in, uh, in our organizations that reflects what's happening in the world. And it's a, it's a shift from modernism and patriarchy to a, what we call postmodernism. And postmodernism tends to be more inclusive, more caring, more holistic, and some would say more feminine. Mm -hmm. So um, in organizations, a shift like this is showing up in trends. So organizational trends toward sustainability, appreciative inquiry, stakeholder engagement, and whole systems thinking. You'll see some of these, some of these are some of the principles of conscious capitalism. Mm -hmm. And um, in leadership, it looks like movement toward emphasizing empathy and coaching, 
participative decision-making and emotional intelligence, things like that. So it's it's important to see this in, uh, in terms of a broad shift that's already happening in the world and in our organizations, a sh- sort of a shift towards something I would call that's a little more feminine. Um, and it's important to understand this through a construct that I call polarities. I learned about this, been studying this for 10 years with my teacher, Barry Johnson, Um, And he defines polarities as pairs of opposites that often seem opposed, but actually are interdependent. Mm. So, for example, organizational interests and society's interests, profits and people, planning Uh and allowing things to emerge, using our reason and using our intuition. Um. So polarities are really something that is, I've actually advocated, are, they're a fundamental element of reality. And so it's important to be able to see feminine and masculine through that lens of polarity. So like all polarities, masculine and feminine, are, um, are interdependent, which means they work best in tandem with each other. Okay. Um, is that making sense? Yeah, it, and so would polarities be, is that the equivalent of contrast or is that something different? Yeah, you can, we can experience polarities as contrast. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's something paradoxical about their nature, which is they're not only contrasting, they're also interdependent, which means they sort of need each other. Yeah. They need each other. So masculine energy, and we are talking about energy here, Mm-hmm. Um, masculine energy and feminine energy are interdependent. And what's been going on, it seems like in the world for 5,000 years now, we've been suffering some imbalance in these energies and over an over um, dominance of the masculine. And what's happening now is a shift toward the feminine that I would say is natural and and predictable through the lens of polarities you would say it's predictable as a rebalancing move um but what i want to be careful about is when people are talking about this shift and lots of people are talking about this shift that we want to be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater or Mm. move towards something that would be another imbalance yes (laughs) right right (laughs) so we want to hold on to the best of what masculine has brought masculine energy is amazing you know it's the energy that builds cities and bridges and interstate highways and it sets boundaries Mm. and um, we need it you know we really desperately need it so we don't want to throw that out we want to take the best of what we've got from masculine energy and add more feminine in a way that we can integrate the two Mm. so um, for this kind of integration to happen though it is it is the case that we have to embrace and cultivate more feminine because we've had this overbalance, you know, this sort of imbalance for so long. So we we have to embrace and cultivate more feminine in our leadership, mm-hmm. in our organizational cultures, and in our systems. So I'm I'm thinking I believe that this is actually one of the highest leverage opportunities for transforming our world to develop leaders. 
and organizations in such a way that keeps the best of what we've achieved through the masculine and integrates more of the feminine. So is is the feminine energy just in women or do we both have both or how does that work? Yeah, well, actually, we do both have both energies. There are energies that live inside all of us, men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes these energies are called yin and yang or Shiva and Shakti in Hinduism. Mm-hmm. So I like to think about this as a master polarity, meaning that many other polarities are included in this one. And for men, I think there's a lot of good work going on in leadership and organization development and also outside of organizations in something called men's work. A lot of men are involved in something called men's work um, that is really helping men to find and integrate their own feminine energy. And let me tell you, men who've done this kind of integration are amazing, (laughs) amazing (laughs) <laughs> but personally, I am feeling really called to help women with this okay. because I think women have been in quite a lot of pain around it. We, we come to feminine leadership more naturally, um, but I think we also need to cultivate more feminine, especially because so many women leaders, especially women who have been in the workforce for decades, who have um, been... Uh, working in what is still a very masculine system Mm -hmm. and they've come to, to success and power and achievement through cultivating a lot of masculine energy. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher comes to mind. (laughs) Yeah. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Right. (laughs) And um, when we have really masculinized ourselves um, over time, this comes at a really big cost. And women who've masculinized themselves too much, they feel burned out, depleted, unappreciated. They've lost radiance. Maybe you can see that in some women, like they just are not radiant. Like, tr- like the feminine actually sort of shines in a way that we call radiant. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and numb, one of the worst things is like feeling numb to what we care most deeply about so we need to you know I I just think that we really need to pay attention to this as women and spending time with each other spending time with women spending time in nature Mm -hmm. regrounding ourselves in our feminine essence and rebalancing this master polarity in ourselves so that we can really bring our full gifts to our work wow that's great and you were saying that there's this paradigm shift, and I'm seeing it as well. And I've had other guests that have talked about how younger people are already more in tune with collaborating and caring about companies being sustainable. And do you see that as well in the, in the sense of, um, I guess, younger women not being a, needing to be as masculine or being more comfortable with the feminine I guess, younger women leaders? Is there any contrast there? Any, anything you're noticing? I think, yeah, I see it a lot. I, I know a lot of women who are younger, younger than me. I'm in my mid-40s, mm-hmm. um, late 40s. <laughs> and, um, but women who are in their 20s, especially, and um, early 30s, I notice a lot are 
Um, and even men too, the integration seems to be easier in younger people. Mm. And perhaps because they've been sort of raised in a world that, or at least in the West, in the U.S., raised in a world that has already begun um, embracing the feminine for the last 30, 40 years. Yeah. Well, it's inspiring considering they're the future. I'm glad to see it's going in that direction. (laughs) I am too. And I, you know, I live in, I I think you just moved to Boulder. I live in Boulder, Colorado, and Mm -hmm. a lot of young people here who are entrepreneurs, Oh. And I tend to hang out at the Boulder Hub where there's, a, it's like an incubator for small companies, entrepreneurial companies, and there are lots of young people. And um, and that's where I see a lot of this kind of thing happening. So you see men who are, who are showing empathy and care about the environment and, you know, a lot of the things that we... We think of as feminine principles. Absolutely. And people who are working in very collaborative and relational ways. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that I can only succeed at the expense of someone else, but we can both succeed if we work together, that kind of thinking. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't, but I, ha- I haven't worked a whole lot in entrepreneurial companies, and most of my work has been in large enterprise levels organizations, Fortune 500 companies. And there, the work is, there's still a lot of work to be done. You know, there's, that's why, you know, we, there's a lot of movement toward emotional intelligence, not just cognitive intelligence and appreciative inquiry as a balance to evaluative problem solving. Yeah. You know, thinking about coaching, for example, we, I do a lot of teaching leaders, coaching skills and coaching is a feminine practice in a sense because it's, it involves a lot more listening and sort of um, pulling out the person's own uh, wisdom mm. as opposed to a masculine approach, which would be, here, let me solve this problem for you. Which again, it's not wrong. You know, it's really, I, I really want to... Um, emphasize that we're not talking about feminine leadership because it's better. Mm-hmm. We're talking about it because it's underused and underdeveloped and out of balance. Well, and I would add that it's even more important now because positions are so much more complex than they used to be. So a manager maybe in the, you know, 50 years ago in manufacturing could go in and tell somebody, what to do because they could do the same job but today the leaders can't do most of the jobs of their employees so it seems like coaching might be the only thing that would work in a lot of cases does that make sense yeah it's true and also um one thing that i've learned from my my studies and work in developmental psychology is that um the task the complexity of the workplace and the tasks that are in front of leaders today are so it's so complex mm. that even the most highly developed high level thinkers that we can measure mm-hmm. don't have the the complexity of thought and thinking to be able to meet the complexity of the task at hand yeah. and so what that means is um, the good I mean that's kind of the bad news yeah. the, good, the good news is that a group of high-level thinkers can solve more complex problems than a single person can. And so that requires then collaborative thinking. 
collaborative work, um, perspective taking, you know, looking into gathering other people's perspectives and multiple perspectives in ways that then can lead us to higher order solutions, more complex thinking. And that, uh, so that, that lends itself to participative decision-making and collaboration. That, and that's so inspiring because some of the things I've heard about solving global problems is the same thing that we, we have to learn to collaborate or we can't do it. So <clears throat> right. um, it's nice that it's, the pressure is in business because business will do it because business wants to be successful, um, but it may give us models for saving the rest of things. So that's, that's really great. Well, we're actually up on a break. Okay. So um, I'm just talking today to Alison Conte. She's an executive coach for women and uh, works in women's leadership and culture change. You can contact Allison at Allison Conte, that's A-L-L-I-S-O-N-C-O-N-T-E at metaintegral.com, M-E-T-A-I-N-T-E-G-R-A-L.com. And we'll be right back. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings of the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr-Rood. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. Hi, Olivia here, and I'm with Allison Conte. We're discussing feminine leadership. And before the break, we were talking about some of the paradigm shifts that are happening in the world that are really leading towards the need for more feminine principles, empathy, um, sustainability, just uh, things that are more holistic. 
And so, Allison, you were saying you work a lot with large organizations. And I, I wonder, have you had experience with, now we talked about younger people being much, much more natural with this and more open, but there's a lot of, say, more senior men in large companies that are in management positions that I would think are struggling with the chaos but might be reluctant to embrace some things like empathy or other things that might be characterized as feminine. And I just wonder if you went in and said, well, we need to work on some of these skills. What has their reaction been? And, and do they, are they open to coaching or do some of them quit? Or like what happens in those cases? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking a little bit ago about um, the complex sort of what's the business case. I mean, usually I have, I have a, an easier time talking with men and, and women business leaders about this um, if we can come to see the business case for for what it is. So um, you know today's world it's not hard it's not hard to see that um, leaders are facing really overwhelming challenges. Mm. Do, you know our systems and our even our ecologies are being massively disrupted and crumbling apart. And there's so much complexity and the pace of change is just um, really unbearably fast and it keeps increasing. Mm -hmm. And there's all this uncertainty. So what we don't have um, are, what we don't have anymore are really neat problems to solve. (laughs) We have messy problems to solve, really wicked problems to solve. Mm. And um, so we can't, anymore rely only on masculine qualities like linear thinking and analysis and planning ahead and competition, getting work done through like a command and control hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Those ways of working are great in, for some situations for when we have clear problems to solve and when we, or when we have technical issues to address, um, but when we have more complex adaptive challenges we face, we need those skills plus other skills that I would call feminine. And I don't always call them feminine in an organizational context. <laughs> but, um, but they're, you know, to, to go with linear thinking, we need creative thinking. To go with analysis, we need ways of sensing, like sensing into what's emerging rather than analyzing what has happened already. Um, mm. Would that include intuition? Yes, it would include intuition. Mm -hmm. Great. Learning to use intuition. You know, we talked about collaborating as a way, as a balance to competing, and not that competing is bad. Competing is actually amazing, Mm -hmm. but we also need to collaborate. And um, getting through, you know, getting work done through hierarchy, that's actually a very effective way to get work done. And What's happening now is in the in this kind of really networked world um, that moves so quickly. We also have to be able to get work done through sort of more horizontal rather than vertical relationships. Horizontal networked relationships, uh, which is more feminine, like flatter organizations. People mm-hmm. that are going to that, like holacracy, mm-hmm. might be 
Oh. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know about holacracy. Yeah, I certified in that. So um, so did I, I was in the very first certification class. <laughs> Were you? I was number 29 or 30 or something. So I was like second or third class. Oh, that's great. And I wrote my master's thesis, in fact, in graduate school on holacracy. So oh. one of the things that I think holacracy, first of all, for people who don't know what it is, holacracy is a system of organizational steering and government governance. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I was so, uh, that I've been so impressed with about holacracy is that it, it, it balances polarities in a very effective way. Interesting. So, um, individual effort and collective effort, for example, are mm-hmm. structured into the process. Right. And, um, it does things like that for, for us. So we don't have to... <laughs> rely on our own uh, understanding of how to balance polarities, but it builds that in so holacracy builds them into the process in a way that I think does a really nice job of integrating polarities. Well, yeah. And in the meeting structure, they're kind of linear in that you have to follow a very strict process, but then within that, it's very creative. Yeah. Yeah. And for example, in the meeting process, so you have, as you said, a very strict process and structure, which is, I would mm-hmm. can say that's more of the masculine. Right. And then it also, but it, what it does is it structures a way to um, hear all the different perspectives mm. and um, integrate them in a way that I would say is more feminine. Yes, that's mm-hmm. really amazing. And of course, you know, Brian, he was on my show last year. Um, is was is sort of this young brilliant man who I think is in a younger generation, but seems so wise and um, and has a very balanced I think personality to come up with these ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're brilliant. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so we were talking about how you might approach a senior leader and and what. So you were giving maybe put, laying out arguments that they might see the need for um, approaching business this way. Do some senior leaders just say this makes a lot of sense, but I can't do it? Or do a lot of them? <laughs> I guess I can think of a few that might have acted that way. Uh, or yeah, are they more like you're right? And please help me learn these things. Or is it kind of a mixture? It's kind of a mixture, and I tend to rely on um, experience and practice. So I I often um, uh, start with something I call top team alignment, and then whenever we're going through organizational change, culture change, I work very closely with the top team because it's it's so important that they have to model Mm. the changes that they're wanting to see in the organization, and that takes time (laughs) for them to shift. And you know, so I'll build in things. Um, where we require actually for people to, uh, I've, you know, for example, I've brought in meeting practices from holacracy and sort of um, something called, um, uh, oh, I'm just blanking on that now. Um, uh, Nance, mm, Time to Think is the book. I can't remember the process, but I've Fine. sort of integrated these meeting processes that give people, uh, 
a way to integrate perspectives and to share their feelings and to empathize with each other in ways that they may not normally do, but we build it into the structure. And once we have that going and they've had some practice with it, then they can see for themselves and don't have to be convinced about the value. Oh, okay. So they don't have to take it intellectually, which would be the male practice. It would be more experientially, which is the more feminine way. That's that right. Makes perfect <laughs> sense. <laughs> and I, I have and another example. I worked with a, a um a pair of leaders at the top of a very important uh, world class think tank mm. on sustain who they're world leaders in sustainability. And um they, we, we worked for, with them every month. And so integrated ways of working on strategy and um, real work, you know, that they had to get done along with their relationship and really strengthening their relationship in ways that they didn't even, they had no idea how to do. They just knew it was their, that their relationship was the thing that was in the way mm. of um, accomplishing what they wanted to accomplish. And so we, we got to this, you know, the leader of this organization was so brilliant. One of the, he's actually on Time Magazine's list of most influential people on the planet. Wow. And um, really a genius, like one of those just like off the charts, genius, technical thinkers. And so I'll never forget, there was a moment when, and he's the founder and we were working with his relationship with the CEO. And there was a moment when I just had to stop them. And I said to the CEO, do you, do you get it? How much he cares about that? What does he really care about here? And to get them to see the depth of their caring, which is a very feminine thing, but that when they were able to connect in that way, and here's this genius, brilliant man who had tears in his eyes because he cares so much mm. about this shift in the world that they're trying to make. Um, and they were able to connect at that heart level. That was the breakthrough that changed their whole way of relating with each other and working together. Oh, that's so beautiful. I mean, to think that he had tears in his eyes and then the energy in the room must have been amazing mm-hmm. with that heart opening. Wow. That's amazing. Um, Well, so I'd love for you to share a little bit about, you say you take an integral integral approach. So what is an integral approach and why do you think it's necessary? Yeah. um, Well, integral is very, it simply means whole. Okay. It means whole. And um, I've spent more than a decade now studying and applying something that's called integral theory, which has been primarily articulated by the American philosopher, Ken Wilber, mm-hmm. who's a, a close teacher and friend of mine. Um, and he has this theory that people call it the theory of everything. <laughs> yes. it's the <laughs> For me, it's been the best, most comprehensive map of reality that I have found. And so... I use it in all of my work. Um, integral, I don't know if you want me to go into it, like what are the core elements of integral theory, but... Um, yeah, I think we have enough time if you want to okay. take like five minutes or... Sure. So, okay, so there are five main elements of, of integral theory, and then I have added a sixth one. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> now it um, is the theory of everything. <laughs> I... Yeah. And I want to tell you about, actually, after this, after the break, I want to tell you my story about how I added that. Oh, um, 
Okay, great. It's an example, I think, of feminine leadership style. But anyway, the five elements are, one element is, uh, is called quadrants, and it divides reality into four territories of reality. Um, so one is, so along the poles of objective, objective experience and subjective experience, mm-hmm. and individual and collective. So, for example, when you combine... Individual, so individual subjective experience is like what's going on in my own interior, my thoughts, my belief structures, and my feelings about things. And on the individual exterior, that would map and correlate to my behavior and my pulse (laughs) and my neurotransmitters and things that are happening in the body. Okay. Um, And the individual, the collective subjective experience is is like what's happening between us? What's our relationship? What does it feel like to be in relationship? What are some of our agreements with each other? What is the organizational culture and climate like? Mm-hmm. And then the, the collective, objective collective experiences, systems and structures and processes and things that we can sort of artifacts of our culture. Okay. Um, so that's quadrants. Um, the, another element is types. And we've been talking about types. Masculine and feminine is one of the primary distinctions that we make around types, but also Myers-Briggs and Enneagram, and there's all kinds of different ways to slice the pie on personality types. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have stages of development that's you know related to developmental psychology. We actually grow through stages as we become more mature, and that doesn't stop in childhood. It continues throughout adulthood. And we have lines of development. Lines are like different kinds of intelligences, like physical intelligence, cognitive intelligence, emotional intelligence, spiritual intelligence. Those are different lines okay. of development. And then the last one um, is states of, states of awareness. So from as simple as like uh, a state of um, waking compared to a state of dreaming or deep dreamless sleep. Okay. Those are kind of different uh, states and states are temporary. They're kind of fleeting. They pass through and they come and go. Mm-hmm. And then I added the last one, um, polarities, as a fundamental element. I proposed last year at the Integral Theory Conference that we should include polarities as a core element of the theory. Mm. So anyway, so using an integral approach in organizational change and leadership development, all it means is um, it means including all of these parts of reality (laughs) and Uh recognizing that they're all connect. Everything is connected to everything else so that we don't set ourselves up for failure in a change effort by ignoring something really important. Well, that really makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I can see just you know, where we're talking about complexity, this is a, a complex model, but it seems to be very comprehensive and um, I think would give any organization or even any individual a lot to be able to tell where they are, where they maybe have to improve themselves or, or take their organization in a certain direction. Um, well, we are up on another break, so I want to just reintroduce my guest today is Allison Conte, and she is a master executive coach and a, a leadership advisor, a management consultant, and um, 
you can reach her at Allison Conte at metaintegral.com and you can go to the host page. I'll have her email on there for you as well. So uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr-Rood. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. Hi, Olivia here, and I'm back with my guest, Allison Conte. We're discussing feminine leadership. And before the break, we were talking about integral theory, which is sort of the, a holistic view, a theory of everything, and the five elements, the quadrants, the types, the stages, the lines, and the states of awareness. And then, Allison, you mentioned that you uh, came up with a sixth element of polarities, and you've actually petitioned to have it added, which I think is so great. So please share how you came up with this. Uh, I'd love to hear the background on that. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I've been thinking about it for a long time, studying polarities, as I mentioned earlier with my teacher, Barry Johnson, who has been focusing on this phenomenon for 30 years in his work. Um, and I, so I noticed over the years in my integral approach to organizational and leadership development that I, um, that I, I, I always include polarities as a lens. And so I, I thought, well, if, if I'm using it as part of an inter- what I consider an integral approach, maybe we all should be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, so I'll, but the story of how I proposed it is actually, I think, a, a good example. In my view, it's a good example of, of feminine leadership. So we can tie it into that. Yeah. Um, so last year, 
I gave this um, talk at the Integral Theory Conference, which is an academic conference for people who like to geek out on the theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, it was an important talk because I was making this bold proposal that integral theory was not quite as integral as it could be and that we should add polarities as a core element. Um, so I worked on the paper, the academic paper, for months, and I was really proud of it. And many of my colleagues who are very close to Ken Wilbur and who are sort of considered the, uh, the leading edge of integral theory right now were saying to me that they thought I was really onto something important. Um, but when it came to creating the presentation for the conference, I got stuck. Oh. <laughs> and I fell into this big puddle of self-doubt. Mm. Um, I tried to overcome my stuckness by thinking harder and studying more and pushing myself. Ah, very masculine, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, very masculine. I stayed up late every night, night after night, and I was just, really, I was just spinning my wheels. I wasn't getting anywhere. Wow. So on the night before my talk, I still didn't have a presentation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. I let myself have a really good cry. <laughs> <laughs> Very feminine, right? And then I I sat in silence and I meditated and I asked myself, what what is really most important here? What do I care about? Mm. And what is most needed? And all of a sudden I had the answer. I realized that I had fallen into a familiar pattern, <laughs> a pattern of thinking that I had to prove myself to a masculine audience. Uh, rather than trusting myself. Wow. That's and, amazing. Yeah. So I I had convinced I saw that I had convinced myself that you know to be successful with this group who were mostly men, mm-hmm. very heady intellectuals. <laughs> I convinced myself that I would have to talk to them only about the theory and about the rational logical ideas. But what I had talked myself out of was my original intention to share from my heart a very important story. Mm. And it was part of my unique and very personal story, which was not rational, but actually is very deeply mystical. So the next day I began my talk with this story and I illustrated it with beautiful pictures. I spoke in, whispers, very heartfelt way. I had the lights off and I played background music softly. And I gave some people some quiet time to reflect on what this story might mean to them. So all of this, a very feminine way of presenting. Mm. And then I turned the lights on and I did a beautiful job of articulating the theory (laughs) that I wanted to make. Oh, so, so you even did the polarities within your presentation. <laughs> yes. So it's like, it's an example of how I did not throw out the baby with the bathwater. I have a very bright mind and rational thinking and all this logic and theory to present. Um, and I included my feminine way of being. Mm. And I actually led with that. And then, so people came up to me afterward and said that it was their favorite presentation at the whole conference. Mm. And several women came up to me later and thanked me specifically for modeling a truly powerful feminine way of leading. 
That's amazing. That's so inspiring. Wow. Thank you. So, the, and this leads me, I think, to the question I've been wanting to know. And, and I think just hearing what you've shared and especially this, this way of, of presenting at this conference, I would think, I want to learn from you. So I understand you're working on a unique women's integral leadership program that'll be available in 2015. I'd love for you to share with my audience a little bit about that. Thank you. Yeah. um, Well, it's been, it's been kind of uh, growing in me like a seed, almost like I've been, it's almost like I've been pregnant with this idea for the last year, <laughs> nine months, really. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and um, it's lovely in the sense that it is, uh, I think, coming from a balanced place of, I feel called, you know, I feel like part of this that's kind of, is something that's wanting to come through me um, and that's being asked of me in a way that's not even really not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, and I feel like in, in that way I'm answering a call, which kind of feels more like a feminine thing. Like there's this thing that's emerging. Mm-hmm. And then in another, on the other hand, on the other side of the polarity, I feel a lot of passion and interest and um, commitment on my part, on my personal part, to bring something to women um, that can really help them to develop wise leadership in an integrated way that doesn't have them leave behind all of the amazing masculine gifts that they have worked so hard to cultivate mm-hmm. um, and uh, addresses some of the pain that we talked about um, earlier, you know, yeah, he, to, that can help them to heal from the effects of burnout and constant stress. Um, that can help them to renew themselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And then to discover and really answer together uh, in an inquiry, sort of in, an, in a dialogue process, what is the source of my own feminine power? And how can I step into that in a much more full way? And then, you know, working together in a cohort process over time, because development like this takes takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll be working together to cultivate some qualities of the feminine, such as, I would say, some of the qualities of the feminine that I think need to be cultivated are, um, are care, our deep care, mm-hmm. our care for the whole, our care for each other. And beauty, mm. beauty is a uh, a quality of the feminine that is so nourishing to us. Um, nourishing, nourishment itself is a feminine principle. Of course, you know, nourishment of the mother, nourishment of the earth mother. Yeah. Something that, uh, that people have been talking quite a lot a bit about, I think, in leadership, uh, at sort of at the leading edge of leadership is vulnerability, Yes. From a place of vulnerability and really how do we get access to that? Like letting down all this guardedness and shields and tough armor that we've had to develop over years and years of working in a very masculinized way. 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so sort of uh, peeling off the layers of that and getting down to our most uh, core vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And then from that place, trusting. And I think trust, I talked about that in my own story. Trust for me is such an important principle of feminine leadership so that we learn to stop proving ourselves and start trusting ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Trusting the wisdom of our bodies, trusting our intuition, trusting in our own relatedness. And that's, that can be hard for women sometimes when there's, you know, a feeling of competition, Um, but really trusting in how we are so connected and so related and we can't not be related. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, but you're right. It's sort of programmed into us to be competitive. And yet what, what you're saying is we need to collaborate and, and women have that maybe a little more naturally. And, you know, and for me and my own personal experience, the most deep and most challenging form of trust has been trusting in life, trusting in the divine, trusting in the great mother, the great, the great feminine to really hold me. Mm. And that is, um, so that's, those are some of the things that I, I want to be exploring with women in an integral way. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to sign up for sure <laughs> because, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of grew up in a, I think, developing a lot of my male qualities and studied math and statistics, which is usually, you know, associated very much with the masculine. And yet I've been called to do this work, which feels integrative and holistic. And I don't have the depth, but I understand the need for all of this because I'm seeing the struggle companies are experiencing with complexity and change and and how when I was able to bring forth my feminine qualities and I mostly did it just to survive, it ended up having benefits. So what you've shared today has just been amazing for putting it almost into a, a framework that anyone could understand and also feels just good to know that it's um i think people are happier when they're balanced right when you mm. say uh, yeah i've uh, it's been it's been a phenomenal thing for me in my own on my own path of personal development and leadership development and spiritual practice to to really get how important it is for me to be with women and um and to do this work in uh in community with women and I'm excited about this program because in most of my work, well, all of my work really has been inside organizations. So I, you know, I create leadership development programs and uh, that sort of thing all the time for organizations. But this program, what excites me about this is that, um, that we can get women out of their environment, out of their organization, yeah. <laughs> um, women from different organizations so we can come together in a way that we can be with women who have lots of different experiences and are coming from lots of different kinds of systems and cultures um, to be together to cultivate the feminine in a in a way that um, we really kind of have to get out of our our pressurized environment um, to heal enough and to renew ourselves enough to be able to be able to cultivate these kinds of qualities. So that's what excites me about this program. 
No, oh, thank you. I, I'd love to. We have about three minutes left, and I, I, it just occurred to me that one of the things that helps me in a lot of ways to access intuition and calm down is meditation. Is that something you practice and perhaps would advocate for people, men and women? <laughs> it is yes and yes and yes. And um, I'm laughing because I have had a love-hate relationship with meditation. <laughs> it so defies for, the linear mind, right? It does. For the longest time, I thought it was too masculine for me. <laughs> and um, oh, and I had to, you know, I really had to dive deeply into a, a body practice, mm-hmm. an embodiment practice like yoga. I've been practicing yoga for 15 years. And, um, and just recently, and, you know, and I was meditating, but I hated it. And, um, <laughs> I think that deep, you know, meditation is beautiful practice for deep reflection, and reflection is um, is where feminine wisdom comes from. Oh, yeah. So it is an important practice, and I. But I would also encourage that an integral practice includes not just meditation, but also some form of embodiment practice, like yoga or tai chi. Or something where we're moving the body and we're actually centering awareness in the body. Because there's so much wisdom and information available through the body. That's really inspiring. Well, so I think we're about out of time, but I want to thank you so much for being my guest today. And I hope you'll come back and visit us again. Oh, thank you. I would love it. Thank you for inviting me, Olivia. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So... Just to remind anyone, if you'd like to reach Allison, you can reach her at Allison Conte, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-C-O-N-T-E at metaintegral.com. And I'll put her email on the host page so you can find it there. Next week, my guest will be Eric Lowett, advisor, speaker, author, and thought leader for companies aspiring to lead in strategy and sustainability. And we'll be discussing his amazing book, The Collaboration Economy, which tells us how we can solve our world's biggest problems, kickstart inclusive growth, and create competitive advantage for your organization. So you won't want to miss this. I'm your host, Olivia Parud, saying thank you for tuning in to Quantum Business Insights, and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Quantum Business Insights. Please join your host, Olivia Parr-Rood, again next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.